forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What sins have you committed? <laughs> well... Hey everyone, welcome to Forgive Me, Father, a podcast where we discuss how certain aspects of life and a walk with God go together or don't mesh so well. Through discussions of personal vices and victories, we hope to help you, the listener, understand others more and create conversations, no matter what you've experienced or believe. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was it wasn't what I thought planning a bachelor's party would be, you know, because mm-hmm. you hear those people that get all crazy. And then there's certain people within certain churches that are very reserved. So they're like, oh, we're just going to get in a circle and we're going to talk about how nice this fella is. And D yeah. wasn't on either part of the other ends of that spectrum. He was just like, whatever we want to do is fine. And I was like, cool, we're going to go go-karting. You're not going to pay for anything. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. But <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna go there and we're gonna take care of you and that was it. It was fantastic. I've been the groomsman in a wedding. I've been the best man in a wedding, and I've officiated a wedding. Oh, you have? Yeah. So the next ones would be to be a groom in the wedding, and then I'll work my way to being a bridesmaid. So okay. <laughs> just need to get there eventually. <laughs> I got big goals, big plans. Yeah. <laughs> Maid of honor is is probably at the top of that list, what I, the last thing on my bucket list is to be a maid of honor for somebody. There you go. Yeah. I asked one of my uh, close guy friends if he could be a groomsman on my behalf. It was Deontay. He was actually there, you know, for me. And he mm-hmm. was like, yeah, it's cool. He can, you know, be on my side. So, Hey, it's always right. a possibility. Yeah. I mean, I've been at weddings where the, the bride had, had a fella and mm-hmm. he stood on her side and it was awesome. Like he just like wore the same colors, but it was like a tie. Yeah. And I think that's like something that I would definitely consider uh, at my wedding. Like if there's someone that's really close to me, like mm-hmm. a really like someone who's like a sister, I'm going to be like, Hey, yeah. you're going to, you're going to stand on my side. Right. Exactly. And then anybody can fight me who disagrees. <laughs> yeah. That sounds fine. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Tia is here with us to discuss not growing up in a church. Mm-hmm. the new culture of church because for me I grew up in in church culture I was that Sunday school five-star kid because my mom would disapprove if I wasn't and I was always terrified of my mom's disapproval <laughs> so I knew what it was like to grow up in the church choir and to have my grandfather be a pastor everything even the ideas of Jesus God salvation were kind of laid upon me from birth Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since I've had a memory, it, church has been tied to it. But for you, you didn't grow up going to church. And so I'm really excited today to hear your experiences and to have our listeners hear your experience of culture shock or what it was like to, to really find your relationship with God and hear this stuff for the first time, not at an age where you know you have nap time in a crib after church service. Maybe you nap after church. Yeah. Everybody should. I mean, Sunday naps are I, fantastic. I still do. Yep. They're, they're so necessary. Get some football on and then just slump. Right. <laughs> so, so why don't you give us a little bit about yourself, Tia? A little, little quick background uh, of your life and we'll dive right in. Sure. So my name is Tia Edwards Galloway and I currently reside in Virginia Beach, Virginia, but I'm originally from Newport News, Virginia. Uh, I've been married for almost three years to 
an awesome guy named Demetrius Galloway, as our host mentioned that he was actually in our wedding. I grew up in a very hardworking family. I think that um, my parents always believed in making sure we always had every opportunity that we wanted, not like how they grew up. They always talked about how their the people around them were very closed-minded in a sense of if you're poor, that's just all you are. Like if you move up, that's very rare. But once you grow up poor, you stay poor. And they didn't want that for us. But on a spiritual level, the most exposure that I had to church growing up was with my grandma. And she was the most Christian person that I knew. But my extended family, um, my mom's an only child. So when I talk about extended family, I'm talking about my dad's side. His aunts, some of his aunts uh, practice satanic worship, like literally, you know, calling upon the devil, like, you know, worshiping him and uh, casting spells on people to make sure that, you know, they didn't live to see the next day. Very, you know, dark stuff. Wow. Yeah. So I have like that one side of my family that was very much into the dark side and, you know, calling upon spirits to cause harm and evil to people. And then you have my grandma, who is very much like, you need to read the Bible, you need to go to church, like you need to love Jesus. And I didn't understand those things because they just didn't affect my life. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, like you're into this, but how does that affect me? What does that have to do with me? So we went to church maybe like once or twice, and it was a traditional Southern Black Baptist church. And I I love Black Baptist church. I love the spirit. I love the the soul, the worship music behind it. Mm-hmm. But there were some things that scared me as a child, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the it was the very first time I was about seven years old, and it was the very first time I heard about the phrase "catching the Holy Spirit," and what I saw mm-hmm. in front of me were people yelling, shaking, and fainting. And then an usher comes and brings a white sheet and lay, lays it over them. And They're so dead. I, I thought they died. <laughs> <laughs> and so I turn to my grandma and I, I, I go, what, what's wrong with them? What happened? Because mm-hmm. I was really scared. And she goes, oh, they just caught the Holy Spirit. And I literally was like, I don't want any of that. I don't want the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if that's what's going to happen to me. Imagine that from like a small kid's perspective. Like there's just yelling and then there's like white sheets. And I imagine when exactly. you said this, I imagine you like getting ready to turn to your grandma and ask what's going on. And then like she has like a sheet already over her. Like she already caught oh, the Spirit. No. And you're just... <laughs> And you're just there as a small child and you're like panicking. What's happening? (laughs) Right. Just like, I'm next, I'm next. Right. So that was the most church experience I had, I had had by that time. So seven years old was the last time I had been to church uh, in my early life. So honestly, I just thought Christians or any religious people were just crazy. I thought that they Mm -hmm. were hysterical um, I thought they were hypocritical, like say one thing in church, do another thing in everyday life. So I just figured, why do I want to be a part of that? And that mm-hmm. was my early thoughts of religion and Christianity. Yeah, that's crazy. To be, to be exposed to such an intense form of worship, um, 
and yep. whether or not like p- those people and view it as intense. I think as a, as a child, you, you perceive it to be intense mm-hmm. and you perceive it to be frightening and the way yeah. people worship, obviously there's different ways to worship. There's different ways to connect with God. And so that may be one of them, but as someone who doesn't quite understand it, and especially a young age where you're like so young, you don't understand things in general yet because you have right. yet to learn. It's frightening. And that's scary. Even about your aunts that practice witchcraft and mm-hmm. demon worship, is there like a specific memory that you have or that maybe your your dad has that you can share about how that was growing up in a family that was familiar with that culture? Yeah. So I think uh, one thing is, I think for the most part, a lot of people in my family do believe in spirits or just like things that can haunt you or just attach themselves to you and they can be malicious and hurt you just like you know demons are described in the bible like they never had any good intent it was always death destruction ill intent i personally have not met the aunts well maybe i met one of them when i was really young and i just didn't realize who they were but uh for the most part my dad kept us away from the darkness essentially but he told us one story about how when he used to live with his aunts because uh, at one point my uh grandmom and my granddad got divorced but they remarried like a lot later in life so mm-hmm. i think it was during that time my grandma was living with her sisters and extended family and my dad said that in the middle of the night he would just see like random spirits just going in and out in and out through the house and I oh can only goodness. assume, yeah, I can only assume that if if you invite that stuff, it will come. Oh, so yeah. I can, yeah, so I can only assume that, you know, people were probably like calling upon spirits or doing whatever in their spare time. And he said it was so terrifying. Sometimes he would wake up in places and different places in the house and he could explain how he got there. So it's just, you know, so it's just like I knew early on that evil and darkness was nothing to play with, even if I wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. like Jesus is the way. In fact, I didn't even know what, what part Jesus played in Christianity. That's how not knowing I was. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, I was complete blank slate. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting because a lot of times people will understand the lighter side of the supernatural, of mm-hmm. the heavenly realms, angels, demons, ghosts, spirits, which I believe all to be true. I right. believe they all f- truly exist. But a lot of people, so from my perspective, I grew up in the lighter side, let's say, of that realm. And when I grew up, I was like, ooh, let me let me dabble in the darkness. And not so much like, let me try demon possession or Ouija boards or stuff like that. But the, the sure. darkness that is sin, the darkness that Satan uses at his disposal, there's the temptation to go near that because you don't know anything about it. All I've grown up in is Jesus in this lighter realm. And so it was really mysterious and and kind of alluring but for you you were already on that dark side and it's funny how you and i are complete opposites to where you were attracted and allured to the lighter realm to church culture to jesus and like you said Mm -hmm. not having any idea who who jesus was a part he played in it it really does it's funny how it's just two sides of the same coin yeah i was very annoying but i know growing up my parents um because my mom, she wasn't raised religious at all. Um, 
There was one instance where my grandma did tell me that they dabbled in voodoo at one point. So, I mean, besides that, no one else like actively practiced it, but there was like a situation where someone was like really sick and they went to like a a root doctor, they call it, to try to heal them. And I thought to myself, Mm -hmm. that was such a bad idea, (laughs) but (laughs) what's done is done. (laughs) Yeah, but other than that, she wasn't very religious. So my mom just kind of left the religion thing to my dad. My mom never really cared. You know, we could believe what we want to believe. She didn't feel she had to make us go a certain way. But my dad, he always felt like um, we should believe in God. We should believe that there is a devil and he is evil. So you need to be aware of that also. But I mean, there was no like, I guess, specifics past that. So I did believe in God. I knew that God was real. I just didn't know what that had to do with me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So can you go into your first exposure with with Jesus in the Bible and the way that you know it now? So the church, the family of churches that you attend now, the ICOC, Mm -hmm. can you talk about your first time really being invited out and getting to know that type of culture, that type of life? Okay. So the first time I was really exposed to believing that the Bible had weight to it, like, and there actually worked to change people's lives was, uh, I first saw it through my sister, actually. Me and her, we had a very difficult relationship. Like, I don't want to, you know, say the things that she did to me when we were younger because, you know, I I won't respect her privacy, but we just had a very, very bad relationship. Like we probably wouldn't have spoken as adults had not God got involved, (laughs) but um, it was very bad to the point where uh, the day that someone, she was on campus at Thomas Nelson Community College, that's in Hampton, Virginia, and two college students invited her to a Bible study. And I remember that same day we had had like a huge fight and I just said to myself, I don't know her. I don't, she's not related to me. I don't want anything to do with her. So she comes home and she's like, I think I'm going to study the Bible. And then I was looking at her like, really? (laughs) Why are you trying to do that? Like that is so out of character for, you know, for Mm -hmm. you. And the more she studied the Bible, I really saw her turn into this softer, gentler, just like kind person. And Mm. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, is this some voodoo? Like, this is a different (laughs) person. (laughs) But like in a a good way, like she was just like starting to be kind and nice to me. And I'm like, and I was just skeptical. I was like, is this an act? Like what's going on? What is she planning? Exactly. So when she (laughs) told me that, no, I've just been trying to live out some of Jesus' commands, and this is what he wants me to do, uh, treat you this way. And I'm like, wow, maybe there is something to this Bible thing. Maybe there's something supernatural about it and not just words on a page. Mm-hmm. So um, essentially, uh, I got interested in wanting to study the Bible also. So I was 15 at the time. And I wanted to hang out with the college students because I feel like our lives, we were much more mature than a lot of people. So I I didn't have any interest hanging out with like people my age. I felt like we just weren't (laughs) on the same level mentally. (laughs) Right. But of course, like I was 15, I couldn't just hang out with adults all the time. Mm -hmm. So I, I ended up studying the Bible with the youth ministry and it was amazing. I feel like 
for the first time, I started to see who Jesus was, that he wasn't just this stereotypical, I pet lambs and that's all I do. Like, he's very (laughs) powerful, like loving, kind and gracious. And just seeing that this is the extension of God and full embodiment and Mm -hmm. just seeing the supernaturalness of God. And then here's an interesting thing that happened to me. When I was studying the Bible, I had this really weird dream. It was almost like a dream, but not a dream. I was laying in my bed and there was just this stillness that happened all of a sudden that kind of feels like somebody's about to walk into the room and Mm -hmm. everything got dead quiet. And I just felt something like grab me and start like, almost like it wanted to like kill me, like kind of like choke me and like push down on my chest. Oh my goodness. I couldn't breathe at all. Excuse me. Yeah, I couldn't breathe at all. And so I couldn't move. I tried to, because me and my sister shared a room. I tried to like turn to her and wake her up. I just nothing. I I couldn't move. Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk. And the only words I could get out was Jesus help me. It all just went away. Like whatever it was that was trying to hurt me, (laughs) it just left. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So I felt like this was uh, like in the Bible, it says that, you know, we don't struggle against flesh and blood. Like it's a spiritual battle. Yeah. Ephesians 6. Yeah. I felt like that was what was going on. Like whether it was demonic or not, I'm not sure, but it didn't have good intent for me, whatever it was. And until I like called on Jesus, it went away. Yeah, I hadn't had an experience like that since, I think. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember. So to share my own little story about like having a moment like that, I was at church camp once. This was after my senior year. Uh, I had just joined the ICOC churches Mm -hmm. and they had this really convicting lesson. And I started crying during the lesson, just completely broken down, completely floored uh, about who I was in relation to the grand scheme of things before God and the sins of my past and things like that. And there was this moment where I got up and I ran to the bathroom. Like I like felt so overwhelmed by just emotion that I ran into the bathroom and I like knelt down and just started sobbing, just crying Mm -hmm. uncontrollably. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the midst of it, I like felt a hug. And of course, like my eyes are blurred because I'm crying so much. And, you know, I have my hands covering my eyes because I'm just, I just feel so much shame and guilt and stuff like that. And I remember feeling this hug and I was like, who, first of all, who followed me in here? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. do I look like I want to be touched when I'm weeping? That is me at my ugliest. I don't right. want anybody <laughs> anywhere near me. I ran to the bathroom for a reason and just really lucky that somebody wasn't already in there because I was not going to move. Mm. But I remember feeling this this warm embrace. And then I looked up and the warm embrace, like it left, but the door hadn't opened. There was no sign that somebody else was in there. It was just this really comforting hug out of nowhere. Wow. And I've never been able to explain that ever since. And I've never had an experience like it ever since. And I always remember that when I start thinking about or questioning, like, is there actually a power out there? Is there actually, is God actually real? Is there, you know, and I have all these questions, I'm like, no, like there's something that I can't deny that happened to me. 
And it was a really powerful moment. Right. But that's crazy for you. Your experience, once again, two sides of the same coin, your experience yeah. was something that was terrifying. And then you called yeah. on <laughs> Jesus's name and the yeah. situation, you know, was relieved. Whereas for me, it was a moment of comfort. Uh, and I didn't even say anything. It just, it just happened. But right. that's insane. And I guess like with the, your family history, maybe it does make sense that it was like an evil spirit. You know, we can't explain that. We have no right to say whether it was or wasn't. And there's, there's no reason why anybody should invalidate that feeling because that's how you connected with God. That was like probably one of your first experiences of like, this is real. This is actually a real thing. Yeah. And, and it's difficult to explain to people because, I mean, obviously it's not something that just happens every day. Um, so I, I mean, I, I strongly feel that we should always remember that God is not just words on a page, but he's also supernatural. <laughs> yeah, he's, he is real. And I think we can all have struggles or sometimes not necessarily believe that. Like, obviously what people believe is what they want to believe. But for us who do choose to believe and for us that have had experiences, it is a good reminder to know that this is, this is prevalent you know there's the invisible world the invisible realm that you were talking about and that ephesians 6 talks about about our spiritual battle not being against flesh and blood but you know the powers of darkness that's a real thing and it crosses over every now and then yeah and uh sometimes i wish more people realize that darkness and evil is just as prevalent as much like good is i find that a lot of times when horrible things happen to people the first thing people want to do is blame God. Mm -hmm. It's like we just completely forget that it's not just God out there. Like there's also like demonic presences and there's evil <laughs> that wants bad sure. things happen to you too. Not saying that that's the reason why all bad things happen, but I'm just saying I don't think God should be blamed for all terrible things that happen. That's true. If you believe in God, if you choose to believe in that higher power that is all good, then you can't deny the fact that there's other powers that aren't good. And you can't blame just one side when something happens. There's always more than just what we want to believe or what, more than what, we, than what we see or what, that we claim that's at stake. So that's right. a good point. So that happens. Mm -hmm. What happens after that? <laughs> like, how do oh, you, okay. <laughs> where, where, where did you go from there? Because that's crazy. What was your response uh, to, to such a intense moment with, with God and, and the supernatural? I was terrified for a little while, but I took that as I need to cling to God even more because obviously there's things outside of my control that I, I took that experience as something does not want me to cross to the light side. Something does not want me to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then even like this is, there is a divide. There is a darkness and a light. Right. So I, uh, for a couple of days, honestly, I slept with my Bible because I was scared. I didn't want it to happen again. Because <laughs> right. I'm just going to slap it with the Bible. <laughs> right. The Bible is a sword and I will use it as such. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I did sleep with my Bible for a while, but I just continued to dive more into who is God and just learning how much he just loves me so much, like love that makes no sense at all. Just to the point where like when I, when I did get to a point where, you know, I looked at all the sin and the wrong that I had done in my life 
it just didn't make any sense why God would still want to protect somebody like me. Like, why am I even mm-hmm. worth it? Mm-hmm. So for a long time, I felt like I was very, I was good with my relationship with God. And, but it was, it was definitely different interacting with Christians in church because the last church experience I had was when I was seven, seeing people like pass out and have like white sheets over them. It was, it it was good too because I did see that some people or a lot of people were very like earnest. Like there are people that really did want to do the right thing, and mm-hmm. it wasn't just I'm here on Sunday, and I do whatever the rest of the week. And I really appreciated seeing that side of Christians because I just had never seen that before. Um, and I think that's one thing that really kept me and the body of churches that I'm a part of now, uh, just seeing the earnestness and seeing people's just true hearts to really just want to do the right thing, even if they might mess up. It's just that was their heart. And then when I was 17, I, I mean, I, I think I just got to a point at an age where I just really wanted to fall in love. Like I wanted to, uh, I was lonely because uh, at, at the time, the youth ministry that I was in, it was just very clear that not a lot of people were there because they wanted to be. It just seemed like they were there because they had to be, or like they were told, hey, you need to do this. And it it was difficult because I really did want to be there to help, you know, with my relationship with God. And I got very close to like the, the youth ministry leaders or the teen leaders, but it's like, I was 17. I can't have like 30 year olds as my best friend. <laughs> it's just not the same. <laughs> right. Right. So I did go through a period of time where I was very lonely. And then I got very close to a guy at school and he was awesome. He was a great person. You know, he was very kind. He became one of my best friends at the time. And so I started to feel conflicted because I feel like, you know, the Bible said, like, don't be unequally yoked to people if they don't follow God also. You know, it's going to make your life difficult if you're trying to go this way and they're trying to go the other way. But I also felt like I always had this impression that guys that weren't Christians were just all awful, terrible. They're going to do crazy things to you. And that's just not what happened. (laughs) So then I just got confused because I'm like, wait a second. I thought guys that weren't Christians were awful people. That was just my assumption. And Mm -hmm. he wasn't at all. We spent more time together. And then he made it very clear. Look, I I want to date you. Like, I don't want to just be your friend. Like, let's be together. So Mm -hmm. I felt conflicted about that because I knew the way that I wanted to live my life. And I knew how he wanted to live his life. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I didn't want to lose that um, friendship, like the, the the deepest friendship I'd had in a while, like with someone my age. So mm-hmm. at this point, I couldn't keep it a secret anymore. Um, I let my youth leader know that, you know, I'm, I'm dating someone and uh, she was shocked. <laughs> Because I lied about it for so long that I was completely like single and not even talking to anyone like that. And, you know, she was just asking me, you know, like, what do you like about him? And um, pretty much like, where do you see this going? And I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll marry him. Because I I mean, I'm just not the type to be like, and no offense to anyone that just, you know, likes to date around or whatever. But I just been the type to just 
be committed i'm like you got me you got yeah. me <laughs> we're, we're not playing games we're playing we're playing for keeps and we're playing for rings this is exactly this might as well just be <laughs> this might as well just be a professional sport because we're playing for rings baby exactly <laughs> so you know that's that was my intention this to me it wasn't a, a fling i thought it like we could really be together for like the rest of our lives if we wanted to be right and she was uh very distraught and i just didn't get it i did not understand i'm like what is i don't get it <laughs> and <laughs> after um just speaking with her some more i guess at that point for whatever reason i wasn't allowed to be in the the youth ministry anymore I was told I wasn't allowed to sit with them. And that was very hurtful because I didn't know what to make of that. I didn't know, like, did you think I was going to spread sin and disease to the rest of the kids? Like, I don't know <laughs> what they were, you know, I just didn't know the point. Right. Well, yeah, because that you weren't in that culture. Right. I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's different for someone who has been in that culture for so long, for years to understand, hey, if you're doing this thing that goes against God or mm -hmm. the church culture, mm -hmm. then 1 Corinthians 15.33, bad company corrupts good character. And mm -hmm. that's usually the basis of we can't be as close to you as, as you may want or as we may want because there is, there is sin. And so for someone who didn't grow up in the church and doesn't necessarily understand to the fullest extent sin's power and sin and even the fear that in, is incited to people because of sin, just the mention of sin mm -hmm. is enough to make somebody fearfully react sometimes with, with actions or Xing somebody out. Right. I'm sure it really is confusing because you don't understand that link. Yeah. I didn't know what to make of it. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Interesting. You had mentioned earlier that you noticed that there were certain people in the youth ministry that looked like they were there because they had to be there, which is someone that I was for quite some time. I knew I was supposed to be at church. I knew I was supposed to talk nice, say the prayer, do certain things. And because I had grown up in that culture, I hadn't personally yet understood the joys of it, like the true joys, the genuine joys of it. And so for me, I'm sure I was somebody that gave that lip service. But I do think it's interesting that you noticed that you were doing that mm -hmm. because not growing up in that culture, do you think it gave you this perception of like, no, this is, this is an all in deal with anything, yeah. you know, I, the way that we view the way that I view like a hobby or the way that I view a job. It's like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it all in. Yeah. That's what I, you know, was reading in the scriptures. And I feel like you know, even just praying and just seeing the way that God was doing things in my life. I, I was just confused at the time why anyone else would not embrace this. But I think the older that I've gotten and look back, I understand why, you know, those kids might have been that way, because maybe they never understood or experienced God in that way. Maybe it right. just was a thing that their parents told them to do. Maybe they just didn't know God yet. And I, I didn't get that. I was just like, why are these kids here? Clearly they don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause you didn't have, you didn't have church going parents. It wasn't something in your mind was like, oh, they have to be here for you. Yeah. You're like, you chose to be here. Why are you here? I'm your age. I chose to be here. You exactly. You had the same experience. That's right. so interesting. Cause for us, it's second nature to be like, yeah, it's Sunday. I'm here. And whether or not you find great joy in it, 
or you're going because your parents are telling you to. For right. us, it's like, yeah, I'm Sunday, I'm here. But for you, it's like, why are you here if you don't want to be? That doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> Like, what are y'all doing? Like, you look crazy, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, you are still a part of the church. You said you left, but you came yeah. back, right? Which is which is great, yeah. you know, if, if that's something you really want to pursue, which is it's something that you did. It's amazing that right. you were able to come back. So not growing up in, in church, was there any certain topics about the Bible that took a little longer to set in or something that was hard to learn? Um, modesty. It's still an mm. interesting topic for me, <laughs> to be completely honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think to the credit of the youth ministry I was a part of, they tried to simplify it as much as possible to where young people could understand. And I think just the audience of the youth ministry I was in, because a lot of people were, um, younger it was very much like okay well to be modest you wear this and you don't wear this kind of thing Mm -hmm. so I think it it kind of like I understand modesty like you know wanting to present yourself as a a woman or like a person that uh professes to worship God so I get that because I mean the way that I used to dress my heart was I want you to think of me as a super sexual person so that's how I want, mm-hmm. to, you know, that's how I'm going to dress. And that's how I want you to perceive me. So it was a big jump. Yeah. Because it's like, okay. I mean, honestly, when you get dressed every day and you don't think about modesty, you just kind of wear whatever or maybe like put thought into it. Like, mm, is this going to make my booty look good? Are this going to make my breasts look great today? You know, like that's just stuff that you think about. <laughs> right. So I, I think that was a little difficult for me. And uh, I mm-hmm. think just getting older and not having the same body as a 15 year old things change <laughs> mostly height but not for me yeah. i think i've been the same height <laughs> since i was like two <laughs> right. so it is difficult sometimes um there are scriptures that seem very and this is my opinion there are certain scriptures that feel like unfair to women but when I do feel that way, I try to fight to see what is God's intention behind this, because I know what the people around me are doing, like the church culture is doing, like there are certain cultures, certain like, I guess, uh, church cultures where you only wear long skirts or like you only wear, you know, whatever, super baggy things. And for them, they feel like, okay, I'm being a modest woman of God or like, Maybe being modest is just not like wearing a low cut shirt, but for the most part, I look pretty normal. So I know what people around me are doing. So I think that's one way that I feel like I kind of try to see what is church culture and what is God. So I think that's something Mm -hmm. that um, I, I can have conflicts with sometimes. Okay. Gotcha. So on the, on the flip side of that, what is one aspect that you came to learn about God, religion, the Bible, Jesus, that just amazed you? Yeah. Um, one thing that I grasp onto, that I still grasp onto uh, today, is when I was uh, learning, when I was reconciling my relationship with God, Some one of the best pieces of advice that I got was 
you need to see God differently than you did before because it didn't work. And so I'm like, what does that mean? And <laughs> But later on, I realized that as a kid, basically, I saw God as my father, and that was appropriate and the only thing I could really see him as. But as I became like a young woman, someone capable of like, you know, romantic feelings and want to be in like a serious relationship, uh, I started to see God as like a husband. And then that's when things mm. became more like serious for me, like that more like uh, relation relational side really like set in for me. So mm -hmm. uh, the book of Hosea talks about where God pretty much told Hosea to take like a adulterous wife because that's how Israel was cheating, uh, treating him. He was letting him know like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Like, because this is how the people are treating me. Like now, I guess it was like for his benefit just to learn like, so your wife is going to be like this. And so there's one passage in Hosea, I think it's in chapter two, where it was where God was saying like, you're going to like cheat on me with other people. And I think it's in Ezekiel. There's a similar passage where it describes like you want to uh, cheat on me with Egypt that has large genitals. Like that's what it says in the Bible, oh. you know? Yeah. So it's like, this is real stuff. Like this is how, yeah. you know, I'm sure some people have cheated on their spouses for somebody with larger genitals, just saying, you know? <laughs> so it's crazy that that's, <laughs> it's just crazy that that would be in the Bible. <laughs> So it just, <sighs> yeah, so in Hosea and Ezekiel, with Hosea uh, chapter 2, God just talking about Israel like a woman that just will not stay faithful to him, no matter how good he is to her. At the end of it, though, it just says that, you know, even though you've done all these things, I'm going to, you know, whisper in your ear, like, I'm going to romance you, I'm going to bring you back. And I feel mm. like... That is literally how God has treated me. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I, I essentially spat in God's face. And it's like, through all of that, he was just like, no, like, I'm going to, like, call you back, like, you know, in an intimate way. I can't give that up. You know, I, I just can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's really, I love that. I love that that is something that you cling to. Mm. Unfortunately for me, I kind of take it for granted god's love mm -hmm. god's faithfulness growing up in a church it's easy to think okay well god's always going to love me because i've been told that sixty thousand times so if i go and do this sin god will be there mm -hmm. and it's really amazing to hear that that's something that you cling to and you're like i'm going to take this seriously because I think me growing up in the church and then I left church or like I like pursued a, a relationship that I knew was going to glorify God and I saw how much it hurt me and it really does make it clear, wow, God is ridiculous for being faithful to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's great that that's something that you latch onto and I think that's something that you can be such a great voice for people who mm -hmm. have maybe trouble understanding God's love or also learning for the first time what it really means to have a relationship with God or really understanding God's love for the first time. You become a great voice for that because it's something you were able to see with fresh eyes and now something that you take to heart so well and take it seriously. Yeah. So I, I do feel like in some ways uh, I have had a, 
a slight advantage, like not growing up in church, because I think that, you know, just like with anything that you're used to, it, it's, it's difficult to see outside of, um, I guess, the culture of church versus like who God actually is. Yeah, very true. When you were first learning about your relationship with God, obviously having such fresh eyes, being a clean slate, what was really helpful when it came to people teaching you? What was something that they shared or how did they go about teaching you that was really helpful? I think they just asked me a lot of questions. Um, Mm -hmm. They didn't make any assumptions that I would know certain things. I think that was just the biggest thing. Because now that I've been in church for a while, I can forget that there are certain terminology and certain things that I forget that the regular people just don't know. Like if you haven't grown up in a religious environment or like been around it a lot. So I think just their willingness to break things down for me and be patient. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. With learning anything new, you got to go back to the basics. And it's really tough for a teacher who has been studying biology for their whole life to just jump straight into yeah the genus and the scientific words and you're just like listen i don't know what (laughs) photosynthesis like do i need a camera for that you know and so it's it's you need people who are gonna walk with you you need people who are willing to break it down willing to take it slow for a little bit and help Mm -hmm. you walk it's still so important now as you grow in your relationship with God, because there's going to be newer things to learn and there's going to be newer challenges. And even then you're going to need people to walk with you to break things down. And it's great that you had that as a basis from the beginning. The people that I was around uh, at the time that were helping me, I feel like just no one had any expectations of me, which was great. And honestly, once I you know, uh, you know, repented and got baptized, um, you know, like it says in the scriptures, I felt like it was almost more difficult with people having expectations of me after that, because I had gained this reputation of, oh, Tia's so spiritual. She sold this because the youth leaders just didn't see that, Um, you know, not trying to like boost myself up, but I just happened to be one of the people that just, I guess, got it in a sense. Um, And so I think it was almost after that feeling like, uh, oh, I got to keep, you know, my reputation, right? I got to stay spiritual to you. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That can be tough. Even the expectations of like, oh, she knows so much now. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll still be patient with me. <laughs> I'm still, I still right. know a lot less than all of y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I think that's really important too to continue to remember as you walk with people who maybe didn't grow up in that culture or someone who knows less about scriptures or even a topic that it's like, yeah, I, I was once in that spot. And I think it makes you incredibly empathetic yeah, as a person to, to be able to help somebody else out in that way. Yeah. So the last, the last few things I have would be, so for someone else who wasn't, who maybe hasn't grown up in religion, someone who is considering what Christianity is all about, who has mm-hmm. questions about who God is, who is Jesus, what is the meaning of the cross? What is some advice mm-hmm. that you could give to our listeners that have a similar experience to you about giving God and church a shot? Right. 
I would focus on God. Like, don't worry about the people yet, because just historically, there are a lot of people that, you know, have called themselves Christians and have called, caused a lot of pain. And that can really be a hurdle for people that have never grown up religious or like believed in God. And honestly, that can be a reason why some people don't believe in God or think that Christianity is a way because they've seen so much bad stuff come from people that use it that way. So I would say focus on God first gotta pray like you, you just gotta talk to God um even if it's weird the first time I remember the first time I started praying I didn't know what to say but I just had this overwhelming sense of somebody was listening like I wasn't just talking mm. to the air so I think you just gotta believe that there is a God whether you think that Jesus is the way or not just ask God just just ask him to show you what is the right way yeah yeah Jeremiah. 29 talks about how people will find God when they seek him with all their heart. And right. so if you as a listener don't know what God's about, don't know where to start in the Bible, it really does start with focus on God, pray. If you go after him, you'll, you'll get the answers that you need. And unfortunately that you might get some misinformation, you might get some toxic information, but keep pursuing it. That's the best way to, to really have a genuine relationship with God if you've never grown up in that system. Even for me, growing up and then being a part of a church and then leaving a church and having thoughts and considerations of working my way back into a relationship with God in terms of deconstructing the unhealthiness and then reconstructing a genuine, joyful relationship with God, you just got to go for it. You got to take that chance, that leap of faith. And, yeah. and, and God will fill in those pieces for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, Tia, thanks for being on. Thanks for sharing your story about growing up in a, in a world where there was voodoo and <laughs> catching the Holy Spirit, but also being able to see God through a, a fresh lens and perspective that wasn't something you grew up with. Yeah, no problem. And I and I really do enjoy sharing my story because I realize there may not be many people like me, but that's the spice of life, right? Like we need these different experiences. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's the point of this podcast is to make sure that every different walk of life, every different perspective and experience gets gets their story shared. So people who have an interest in God and religion, they can understand different situations. For other stories, it'll be great conversation starters of, of how do we help other people with God and church culture and Bible and religion. So even your experience today, hopefully can help other people who are either in the church teaching someone who didn't grow up in the church or for people who didn't grow up in church, maybe it piques their interest in looking into it more. Who knows? Sure. Yeah. If people have more questions, if people want to hear more about your story or they want to have you to, to share their story with as well. Is there anywhere where people can contact you? Yeah, you can DM me on Instagram. My handle is at terrible, all lowercase, underscore Tia, T-I-A. Perfect. Yeah. If you guys have any questions, want to share stories, want to know what helped Tia, or even asking more about her, her passions, her convictions, and what she sees through these lenses, that'd be great. Thank you for having me. Of course, it's been fun. Uh, thank you guys as listeners for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time.